morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul Angeline. And today's topic that Saul came up with is surviving game cons. Yes. So we're talking about game cons that usually take place, or our local game cons take place over a long weekend. Well, if it's a one-day con, you should be able to survive it. Pretty easily. Yes. Right. And we have those two, but we're talking about th- three-day cons. They usually take over take place over a three-day weekend, like Memorial Day, President's Labor Day. Day, Labor Day. Could pl- take place over like... Uh, Some conventions just take three days and... Uh, just randomly put them out there. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, those d- days are taken here by various cons here in the Bay Area. And they run 24 hours. They usually at a hotel, in a large hotel, not necessarily a convention. When he center. says they run 24 hours, they, they, they're they there 24 hours. I'm not sure that there's actual games at 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. It was usually what... There's a little bit of downtime, right? What I was saying, they run 24 hours. Is that they really they they don't close the convention area off because it's because it's at a hotel. It's at a hotel, so all the rooms are open. Well, all the general big spaces are open, and for example, yeah. I mean, well, that's... I'm just gonna say at the last convention we went to, which was uh, Kublacon, we I was looking out the window at at four o'clock in the morning just because. I could, I could, and at the hotel <clears throat> that it's at, it's it's this one. It used to have an atrium in the middle. They called it the atrium. We still do call it that, right? I forget what they call it now. They changed the name, but but if you're on one of the inner rooms, you used to be able to open the door and you could hear the waterfall and stuff. They've they've since then closed it, so you can't do that. They sealed the the, the, the rooms, yeah. so nobody could fall. They used to be uh, they used to have sliding glass doors and this tiny little tiny two foot yeah. balcony. But uh, but so so this time I was I was awake because my husband was snoring loudly and so I was that me right yeah okay that was you so I um I was looking out the window and it was like four and I saw a guy in a cowboy hat and a lady and they were both sitting in in the atrium level yeah and they they looked like they were sleeping there which. <laughs> Just so you know, when you're at a convention, you do see that, right? People sleeping. I don't know if they didn't have a room or if they just were really, really tired. Just clunked out right then and there. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. Nobody else was around? Nobody else was around? No. No. Well, it was four o'clock in the morning. So So, I was going to tell you, what was I going to say? I totally forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. So they're open 24 hours, right? And for example, most conventions, they have convention events, convention games, whether they're role-playing games, board games, miniature games that run between 8 o'clock and maybe midnight. Now, at DungeonCon years ago, there was this some wackadoodle, I'm going to call him. I don't know his name. He used to run the Midnight Cthulhu game. Ooh. Now, if this was you, Matt, I'm sorry. But he used to, he used to start the game at midnight. I run till eight o'clock in the morning. I can see that because it's Call of Cthulhu, yes, right? Yes, yes. And he always ran Saturday night, and I never played in this game because I was more senses than that even back then. But the people do weird stuff like that. In fact, the well, original- they do werewolf at, at usually yeah. in the in the, in the evening between eight and and a lot of a lot of younger kids or teenagers and a they lot wanna, of adults. They want to stay up right? really late. So, so they'll they'll do that. Well, remember we used to we at DungeonCon at the Marriott in San Ramon. San Ramon, they would be at the gazebo, 
and they'd be out there like they had to go past midnight because I was th- I wasn't thinking wolves. about those werewolves. I was thinking about the 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 card game where oh, you, where the you card sit game. in the circle. Yes, yes. Because Ian used to like to yes. go to that, and it was always like late. And as the boys, I mean, the my son and my friend's kids have been going to conventions their entire lives. Right. Since they were well, Augustine since he was Four, six months old. Yeah. Well, Ian was like ten months oh, old that's when, true. We, when we when he went to the first KublaCon. Yeah. I don't know if it was the first KublaCon, but it might have been the second KublaCon in Oakland. Oh, that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. They had just changed from whatever they were before. Well, I was gonna tell you that originally my alien game was not an original idea. Whoa. Ooh. Felipe had gone to this game caucus, I believe it was called. Now, I think that predates KublaCon. There was Game Caucus and Game something or other. And they, and I think somehow I. He saw a large game? He It was called Midnight Alien. So that game started at midnight. Oh. And it usually was adults, right? So it, I don't know how many people he had playing. They had played, but they were playing the original game. They were oh. using dice, and people were just standing in for yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. So it was a very, uh, what do I would say? It wasn't the same game that, that you and Felipe created. Oh, yeah, it was different. It took the rules. and I took the idea yeah. of the standing in for the people as aliens. But that they started at midnight, he said, and they ran it for, I don't know how long, he how many times he went to Game Caucus, once, two or three times. But but anyway, he saw it at Game Caucus, told me about it, and I go, yeah, we should do something like that. And then, yeah, we should do something like that. We should do that at KublaCon. That's a big convention. It was an up-and-coming convention. So I waited three years, and then nothing happened. So I hey, let's do it. I just, to the chagrin of everybody. <laughs> So what happens is, is and then there's there's these people who want the most bang for their buck. We have a friend that loves role-playing games. That's all he wants to do when he goes. So he packs his schedule with RPGs. From the time that he wakes up to the time he goes to bed, he would be playing role-playing games. If he could. And he usually and does. And he usually does. And he usually does. So what happens is... He figures that we're there for four days. Monday doesn't always count. Because he may or may not, he probably won't get to get in a game because he'll have to take the family home. But Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Maybe. he gets at least one game a day, if not two. At least two. I'm going to say two, except for Friday, depending on how Friday, late they get. Yeah. So what happens is somebody like that, or let's say that they don't have a family, but they have, they're there to play and they want their money's worth. And they'll play two to three games a night. And what happens is, is that... You're going to get tired, right? You're going to get exhausted because sometimes, like, especially I like running my games, my role-playing games in the evening from starting at 4 or 6 o'clock in the evening, and I run a six-hour game, theoretically. Now, I'm in a I'm in a hotel room. Usually, they put you in a hotel room. This last time, uh, there was a boardroom. So it's a little bigger room with a big old huge center table with the executive chairs around it. And it's kind of not not in a in a regular room that you would stay in and sleep in, which usually most role playing games are in our in our area. They they rent a the whole the, the hotel. Usually it's on the second floor. The convention rents the hotel room. They take out the bed or they put up the bed. They put a table in there and you have a, a private gaming room, which I which from what I understand is kind of rare in gaming convention settings. Unless you're in California. 
And it's Northern California because yeah. they don't do that in Southern California either. So it's a Northern California treat. And I do say that because what happens is a lot of there's no other table noise bothering you, which can be very difficult to run a role playing game when they're in a massive hall where there's all kinds of people talking and some people are trying to hear what you're saying. And so it can get very loud and very obnoxious very quickly. So I'm lucky, we're lucky here that we don't have to deal with that. I'm there in my room, and I'm supposed to leave at, at midnight, but nobody's telling, nobody's going to come by and say, hey, get out of the room. No, nobody's going to be up at midnight checking out the convention staff isn't going to They understand that. that games are going to run longer. Right, and so your game can run longer, right? Mine didn't because we're all over 50 or pretty close to 50. It was Saturday night, so it was it was already tired. So we promptly ended the game at midnight. Well, the game ended right on time. So I was very lucky. But there's some games that actually go to midnight. It's an eight-hour game that started at six. So it ends at midnight or it ends at two o'clock in the morning. But then even that game can go longer. They're going, well, we're almost there to the end. You guys want to keep going as a, as a GM? And the players, if they're enthusiastic, they're like, yeah, let's charge ahead. <laughs> so they play another two hours. So they're going to bed at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And they have an 8 o'clock game. And they have an 8 o'clock game. Now, some people will brush off that 8 o'clock game. But if you're a true... A lot of people will brush off that. A true hearting gamer is not going to give up a slot in their game. So they're just going to go with a lack of sleep. And that's really going to bite you. Make you you tired. Make you tired. Now, if you're 18 and doing this, it's not going to make you as... It's not going to be as bad. You could do it. There's There's no doubt about it. But me in my later years, or not later, but I'm a little bit older than a teenager... Because uh, I used to, like I said, I used to go on four or five hours of sleep at a con every week, every every convention I went to. Now, I didn't play games normally, but we would just be goofing off and staying up late, and, and we'd play a game here and there. But we were always just lack of sleep, which wasn't bad when you're young. But when you're older, it catches up to you. But it still catches up to you when you're young. I've been at games, and I've been guilty of this because, but anyway, uh, I've been at games where people are falling asleep at the table. One of them was Saul. Yeah, but that was back before I was uh, diagnosed with diabetes. And I think my blood sugar had something to do with yeah. that. Because I really was like, could not stay awake. And it was a Friday night game. So it means I had gone to work and then like at 3 o'clock in the morning and then or even earlier. And then I had gone to play. And this, this game is at 8 or 9 o'clock at night. So I was a little bit tired. But still, usually I could stay up no problem. But I was just like, literally I was standing up. I was walking around and still I wasn't having, I was still having a hard time trying to stay awake, stay awake to the point where one of my fellow players goes, would you feel more comfortable in your bed? And I looked at him and I'm like, holy crap, that's terrible. Right. And he was a fellow player. He wasn't even a GM. So I don't know. I'm fine. Fine. And I, I just got up. I drank a lot of water. I was drinking water, drinking water and it kept me awake enough. And, and I had a good time and I felt bad because Falling asleep at somebody's table seems like you're bored. Maybe. I don't know. Seems that way. So you don't want that to happen. That's terrible. I think I'm guilty of it. I've been in games where other players are kind of guilty of it. And and I've done the same thing. You know, I go, hey, you know, are you okay? Do you, you want to get a, you want to take a break? Should we take a break? And Or do you want to go to your room? It's okay if you leave. I understand. And they're like, and sometimes they do. And sometimes they, in this last convention game I ran, I didn't know he was so tired, but he had just driven 18 hours to get to the con. And my game was the first game he was playing in. And he 
at around 10 o'clock. He just like, I, I'm having a good time, but I'm just, I can't st stay awake. And I, he looked fine to me. He wasn't like falling asleep on me, but, but he said he was real tired. So I'm like, okay, go. You know, so he left the game. Uh, I still feel bad about it. You know, I thought he was talking about my game sucked, but no, supposedly he didn't. He, we had taken a quick break and he was saying, ah, he was having a hard time focusing and paying attention. So, but he was playing a really good game. So anyway, doesn't matter. Get some sleep. This is what I'm telling you is that you need sleep. Sooner or later it's going to catch up to you at a count. And you don't want to fall asleep at the table. You don't want to fall, fall asleep and miss a game, especially a, a game that you really want to play in because you're too tired. I agree. Right. Another thing is what can happen is now this one really affects being tired or usually only affects you, except if you're falling asleep at a table, it affects the other players or the GM. Usually that doesn't happen, but it's people can just let people sleep. So when you are burning the candle at both ends, you want to sleep as much as you can. You want an extra 15 to 30 minutes. Sometimes you skip taking a shower. That's never a good idea. That's never a good idea, right? You're sitting there for 12, 14 hours a day playing a game, not getting a lot of movement. You tend to sweat. You got oils on your body oils, and you start to smell. There's no doubt about it. And the last thing you need, anybody needs, is a stinky person sitting next to them for 46 hours. Terrible. Don't do it. Absolutely don't do it. And then, and don't think that Axe body spray is going to cover up any of that stuff because that smells worse than thinking people so what you're saying is that to be able to survive a convention you need to schedule some sleeping time sleeping besides time. not scheduling all games yes all the time all the time and take a shower and take care of your what do you call that personal grooming hygiene type stuff brush your teeth you're gonna be talking to people and at the same time during the during the convention you're gonna be eating and I know a friend of mine who always has mints. You know, he chews gum, has mints, which is a good idea. But at the same time, always uh, be able to just take a break, brush your teeth. I usually brush my teeth two or three times during the convention, during the day when I'm at conventions because I don't want to offend anybody. Talking about eating, one one of the gaming conventions that we go to, uh, Dundracon, they always put out the survival guide to, to the convention. And one of the things in it is don't just eat chips and candy. You're not going to manage to last the entire convention on that. Right. Some people do. And if you're a kid, maybe, but you should. Yeah. Sugar and salt uh, will take you so far. But if you're over you're a certain gonna age, need some protein. <laughs> over a certain age, that's just going to make you crash really hard at a certain point. And I think that's true. I mean, and then it's not it's not healthy for you, right? To, I know it's it is usual fare at a at a home game. People you know eat and drink soda and. I still and remember chips. when we were at um, I think it was Pacificon and we were playing with the with with a teenager. He was like I don't know seventeen, eighteen, okay. and his mom brought in brought him a a thing of a. <laughs> Of veg, veggies, right? And there were, he goes, oh, everybody, I'll share this with you, right? And it, and he had celery, and he, and he went on this 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 um, soliloquy oh, about MG, yes. how good celery was and how he really liked it. It was the best vegetable in the world because you could use it as a spoon yes. as he was proceeding to devour the spinach dip or whatever it was that his I think it was peanut him. butter, wasn't it? It was a spinach dip. I think it was spinach dip. Yeah, and I absolutely hate spinach. Sal doesn't like celery, and I, I was—I was. I love carrots. Carrots, I don't mind. Uh, it, did he just have celery? It was celery. No, there were carrots. Okay, and and he he went on and on about celery because it was the perfect 
food. Because you could use it as a spoon. Because it, it was a yeah, self-made spoon. I'm like, oh my God. And he just kept repeating it. And you, but see, you could tell that they go to a lot of conventions because his mom literally brought him a tray of yes. vegetables yes. so that, and that's what you need to do. You need to make sure that you have lots of good food healthy food for people to snack. I have seen that change quite a bit in the last few it, decades. I think it has to do with the fact that... <laughs> We're old. Uh, that, well, one... Old people are played. No. Oh. I think it has to do with the fact that the original gamers had kids and they started bringing their kids and then they started... Those kids had kids and they bring their wives and girlfriends. You're right. And so it's not just a bunch of guys sitting around a table playing without thinking about that there's someone back there going, hey, did you eat right? Did you do this? Just the idea that there's other people around, right? That you have to, it's, and if you have kids, you have to make sure there's food and snacks for them, right? Right. I have no idea, but it seems to me that before anything brought to the table, and this is at conventions even, anything brought to the table was usually candy. And people would go, oh, have whatever you want. Like they'd throw Literally a big old bag of they like still miniatures, do that. right? And they still do that. And I even bought some M and M's to take the convention. Of course, I forgot them. This big old bag I got, I forgot a couple of pounds of M and M's. Okay, your son, your son. Yeah, he devoured them when we got home, and so, uh, so did I. But I have seen a lot more healthier options. Uh, options, healthier things come out of people's bags. Carrots is a big deal. Celery nuts and stuff like that well, if you're going to be there for four days and you have kids around you want to make sure that they have something besides candy and chips correct that's true and i think that's a good idea because like candy and soda it does power you for a little while but there is such a thing as the crash right the, you know your blood sugar is gonna gonna go really high you're gonna be kind of manic and then it's gonna drop sooner or later and i think that causes people to get tired and some people have a problem with that that crash and they can get grumpy and stuff like that so i think eating right is a good idea i hadn't even thought and about eating it. is also a good idea. eating if is you a don't good eat idea. then yes. you're gonna get very upset <laughs> yeah usually and though it doesn't give you a lot of time usually when i run a game and every game that i've ever played in at a certain point, let's say I run in. After a couple hours, they give you a break. Yeah, they go, let's take a quick break. Or they'll go, oh, this is a good time to take a break. We're going to take a 15-minute break. Right. And then you can go and get something to eat and right. something to drink. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes the conventions don't give you a lot of food options. But the ones I've gone to, the ones we go to, they usually have like a little store where you can get actual sandwich, even have packaged salads if, you know, are really healthy. Of course, with all the other like, a lot of the conventions have the con food. Con food, they yeah. call, we call it because that's what the kids call it. Yes, they and it depends on the hotel and the convention what they decided to provide. But like the boys love it because after eight o'clock, it goes on sale for half price, and <laughs> they'll get two hamburgers and or two slices of pizza. So, so they're they're carb loading there in the middle of the night, but that's okay because they need to get as much. You want to give them as much food as possible, right? So, another thing you should do is to survive the con and have a, a better experience. I think is to plan a little bit of downtime, plan a little time to spend with your friends other than playing games. One of our friends plans to to spend time with people at the bar because that's cool. And yeah, they can talk, and then they can network and and with other gamers or catch up. 
a lot of times when you go to conventions enough, you're going to have people that you only see at conventions who you consider friends. Yeah. And they are friends, right? Uh, you may not ever see them anywhere else, uh, but at conventions because they live far away, they live another part of the, of the state, whatever, or out of state, you only see them at conventions. So when you see them, you only see them at conventions. And there's a, I have a lot of friends like that. And passing somebody say hey good to see you how you been I'm passing by is sometimes not enough like my fr a friend of ours he schedules i'm gonna be at the bar at 9 p.m till midnight on this night or this day whatever and that's a great idea and sure enough there's a lot of i have this last game so I that know, so that's the scheduler versus the person right. that just just, just happens fly to fly by the seat of their pants <laughs> Saul. well that's true last convention at kubicon there was these group of friends that i know and they were just sitting at a game table they were drinking and having a good time and talking about life and what they were been up to and stuff like that and i think that's a crucial part of going to conventions after you develop a lot of relationships people want to see how you're doing and not just like some blurb on facebook or instagram yeah. or tiktok whatever you want to call it and board games are a good way to do that because you can play the board game and talk to people right that's true. That's true. If you if you they like playing board games, some some people don't. But you're right. Playing a role playing game is a little different than playing a board game because a board game, you're right. You usually have a little bit of time to to talk and have to be, pay attention during the whole time you're playing the game. Yeah. Because a lot of times you have to take a turn or something like that. In those instances, that's good. But let's say there's a game like uh, I can't think of a oh Seven Wonders. Right. There's not a lot of t time to chit chat. You can. But uh, a game like that compared on his plane compared to yeah compared to let's say I don't know what's a what's a game that takes a long time for uh, Stone Age Stone Age right some people might take a long time deciding what to do or even more like uh, what's the one with the Stephen Cathy have the the this dystopian game with the dice all the multicolored dice as workers oh Euphoria. Sorry, I had a moment there. So Euphoria, if you have it, you're playing a six-player game, you have a little bit of time between each turn to you know chit-chat with other people as they, as the other people decide what they want to do. So I think that's pretty cool to do that. And I think uh, socialization is an important part of spending time at a at a convention since games are social constructs. <laughs> Anything else on that list over there? Well. Uh, part of the social thing is like the, usually there's a kids room for and if you have oh. kids you you get to know the people that run the kids room right because you're dropping your kids off there sometimes and you have to stay with your kid if he's under six or eight or whatever a certain age yeah and then and then there's so so you you not only meet the people that are running the room but also the other kids parents and stuff and then yeah. You know, that is socialization, not only teaching the kids how to socialize, but <laughs> you get to socialize with other people, right? Yes. I really like the game run, the kids game, the way it was run by Becky and... Uh, Steve. Steve. Because <laughs> they were very organized, right? And they had this... They kind of have to be, right? They had rules, right? You have to kind of have to be. They had rules. If your kid was under a certain age, I think it was eight or six or something, you had to stay with them. Yeah. And then if they were over that age, between that that age and, let's say, 13, there was two options. The one, they can come in and out. They had to sign in and out always. Mm -hmm. And 
they had the parent had the option to let them sign sign themselves in or out, or they had to come and sign them out. Yes. I think they had to be over 10 or 11 to be able to sign themselves out. Okay. Because I remember once the boys hit that age, they loved it because they could go to the kids' room themselves and then come find us and stuff like that. play with us outside the kids' Yeah. So I think what happens is that was really an organized, that was really organized kids' room and slash teen room. And it worked really well for us when our son was small and young, little. So that's one of the things that I was thinking about for surviving a convention. You're going to have kids or now we have my mom who goes with us, right? right? You have to figure out what it is you want to do and how to get it, get to do it and make sure everybody else is doing something right in your, in your group. Like I don't have to worry about my son anymore because he's 19 and does whatever he wants, right? <laughs> sort of. But when he wasn't, there was always this, well, when he was little, okay, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock is usually when I would take him up to the room and, because he was tired and ready to go to sleep. But he wouldn't say that, right? So I would have to bribe him with things like, okay, I'll get you room service or we have pudding or something like that. <laughs> yes. There is things to account for if you're not a single person at a con by yourself. Family does have... You have obligations, right? You got to make sure that everybody gets to play a game and you can't be too selfish. So you want to play a game every day. Right. Or sometimes depending on, like if you, if you're, if you have kids and you have to kind of work with each other, right? You play during the day, I'll play at night. I'll watch right. kids, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that that's what we did when, when Augustine was a, a small kid, he, we would all play during the day with Augustine. And then sometimes I would let Jolene keep playing and I would take Augustine up to the room and we'd take a nap or we'd go eat and sit down and eat or, or Jolene would do that. And then I would usually reserve to play like a role playing game at night because that was when Jolene would take Augustine to go to sleep because she'd get Jolene would get tired and didn't want to power through all night. And so, uh, I'm was, not the real power through all night kind of person. Yeah. And I, and I was still at that time. And, and so I would, I would help watch Augustine. Even when he was little, he used to, at the Kubla Con, there was an escalator. We'd go up and down the escalator for literally hours. And, and, when or it was, seemed like it. it no, no. It was, well, at least an hour at a time because he just go up and down and it was like this is when he was two or three and four uh as he got a little bit older he wanted to play some games we we stayed in the we went to the kids room like you said but there was an obligation that we had to make somebody had to watch our son and there was no service there so we, we would take turns watching him jolene would be playing a board game and i would be watching him and taking care of him and then depending on the game we, we don't play really long games like Twilight Imperium, we'd play games that lasted an hour or maybe two at the most. So, so we would trade back and forth. And sometimes he'd sit there with us for a little while while we played a game. And other times he'd get fussy when he was tiny and then take him to the room. You do have to figure out what to do with your child when you're at a convention. So when he was a little bit older, we really appreciated the kids' room because it really worked well for us. So I think what Saul is saying is that when you want to survive a convention it's not really hard you just have to make sure you either you take time to sleep eat and then have fun right right i think another thing you should do is look around the convention sure like my friend who 
plays role playing games, and that's his main intent on playing on when he goes to convention. He wants to play specifically even Dungeons and Dragons. Though this last time he was a little late in registering for the games, and so he had to play other games because like there wasn't any D and D games available. So, but he actually had a good time. I mean, he'll have a good time no matter what game he plays. But I think he was surprised or really enjoyed. I think he was in a Deadlands game, and then he was in a different sort of game, and he enjoyed them all. So I think hopefully he will be open to playing other games at conventions. Possibly not, since he really loves playing D and D and loves playing those kind of characters but he really enjoyed deadlands he was talking about deadlands for that's the other thing all the different games you get to play at conventions you get to talk to them talk to your friends about them right right and that's a good thing is to to experience different games right not only surviving the convention but having fun and learning new things there's also things like you should do like you should go through the dealer's room even if you're not going to buy anything at least you can see what's there Right. Usually and, they have painting or seminars, which I always think are fun, depending on what the seminar is. Right. And I think seminars are pretty cool because sometimes it's famous people who do the seminars. Like at KublaCon, they invited uh, people, game designers, to talk about their process of making games. They had some YouTube people with had a YouTube channel come and talk about how they created their YouTube channel. and what their experience was after making their channel and stuff like that. So it's really interesting. I find it interesting. I didn't get to do go to any seminars this, this year because I was just too busy. I should take my own advice. But at the same time, I think there's just too much to do sometimes at a con- convention, but you should take time to look around. Uh, that's the last thing that I want to talk about. Like Jolene said, go to the dealer's room, check out what they have available. And now the dealer's room isn't just people selling games and stuff. There's, there's people who make their own dice, their own dice trays, some pretty imag- imaginative stuff. He made like boxes with the laser engraved boxes, laser cut boxes for any, you know, from uh, dice towers to dice trays to to all the stuff to hold your pencils and pens. Really neat stuff with really neat. And also and to stuff. put those little boxes for organizing the, the board games. Right. They call them inserts. Yeah. Inserts. Yeah. They're pretty neat. People make T-shirts. There's Hawaiian shirts and Hawaiian there's all shirts kinds of different things. And jewelry. Yes. Jewelry is a big deal. Uh, things to use for cosplay from steampunk items to fantasy coats and masks and stuff. Very interesting stuff. Plus the board games and role-playing games because the game stores are there. Right. And then and then there's the miniatures, right? You can go look at miniatures, miniature games as they, as, as they play them. And you might find something that's interesting. That, might pique your interest another thing is painting now painting at kublacon has gone huge well all of them that's true i was talking to wayne the guy who's in charge of the painting area and he used to be underneath the stairs Mm -hmm. in a little corner like literally like the size of a bedroom right and then now he's in this large convention area and he's able to really like expand the paint and take uh expand your the the area where they had professional painters come in and they would they did seminars on seminars. how to how to how to and actually actually demonstrations yeah, too yeah. which was weird because i i gone in i went in there and talked to wayne and he was talking about how uh, i was like what's the, what, they had these 
these tables set up in the middle and it had all kinds of boxes and stuff. And I'm like, what's all this stuff? And he goes, Oh, we did, these are the people we asked to come to the convention and that's all their own personal stuff. So they brought their own personal brushes and that. And then what they do is they come in and then people gather around them and they, they show yeah. them how to talk. They show them how to talk. They show their technique and how to paint and how their shading process and all that kind of stuff. Oh, shading, texturing, dry brushing, wet brushing, everything I don't do when I paint my miniatures. <laughs> So maybe I should go to the painting room well, and stuff. It depends on and how like, how there's two types of people that paint their miniatures, right? The ones that go into exquisite detail, and then there's the ones who slap on a piece of paint just to yeah. have their army men all the same color. I remember, I remember Augustine really wanted to go paint and take, and he would always paint everything blue. Yes, well, he was little, and blue was his favorite color. Yes, and so well, at one point, my the, the Wayne goes, "Oh, you know, it's okay if he paints, but." You can't just keep painting everything blue. It's going through the figures. I go, oh no! Can I bring my own figures and have him paint those? He goes, oh yeah. So he was like, ah, so yeah. I had a, a, quite an army of blue painted figures from different things, <laughs> different genres. And then later on, I painted over them. But yes, I still have a couple of. His he can't blue paint them all blue. Yes. Anyway, experience the whole con. I think you get a better experience, and and more than surviving the con, you you get a whole experience of what what the convention can offer. Our friend who was a role player, all he does is go role playing. He was painting. He went in and started painting some paintings because paint. his son really likes to paint. Right, and I think he wanted to make that connection, bond, and I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I think it was pretty cool. I was like astonished that he was actually sit still if long enough to paint a whole figure. I find it I find going to conventions a lot of fun because one you get to meet new people, you get to experience games that you haven't played before, whether you play board games or role playing games. And then there's it's a it's a place where you can see all kinds of people that like the same stuff you do, right? Right. As long as you take care of yourself, eat and sleep, play as many games as you want, just make sure you you know, are eating and drinking and bathing. And, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Brushing your teeth. <laughs> yes, surviving a calm. Surviving means having fun, right? It's synonymous to having fun, right? So you have to be awake to do that. And and everybody wants to have fun, including yes. the people who are playing games with you. Yes. Around you. I think simple, non-complicated ideas can help you enjoy and have a very fun convention experience. Wherever it is. Wherever you go. So there you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene.